Morning, how are you guys? That sounded like the nine o'clock. I bet you do be like, good morning. That was a little bit better. Um, I am Shelly Alcorn. I am one of the student pastors here. Um, and as Noah just said, um, this service is a special one. It's going to look a little different if you're used to kind of the normal of Scott getting up here and just preaching. Um, but we love doing this Sunday. It is a fun service, and it's a great way for us to recognize all of the hard work that our students have put in. Um, today, Curtis, the other student pastor, and I are going to kind of take you through what we've been doing with the kids, a series called Garden City. Um, and so we're going to kind of recap it, and we're going to kind of share with you the important things out of it. And this series is amazing. It's not only just for those kids, but it is something for all of us. So as we kind of go through today, we're going to get you those key points that we've been talking to them about. Um, so this morning, um, you're going to see that there's going to be some videos. One of our graduates um, and Curtis uh, attempt to play basketball, and you're going to kind of see some of the, the videos. I will say as a former coach, I kind of watched it, and I'm like, we have some work to do, Curtis, but that's a whole different, whole different thing. But as they kind of do the videos, they're going to answer some questions, um, and even though they're answering it, um, we would like you guys to kind of think about what your answers would be to those questions, so that way you can kind of hone in on what we're talking about with the series. So let's start with the first video. I'm Curtis McCullough. I'm Ethan Strafford. And uh, today we're going to be hopefully making some shots. Uh, we are here in the gym of the comm. We're going to be trying to make these shots. A lot of them are going to be difficult, uh, at least for me. And if we miss a shot, we're going to have to answer a question. If both of us miss the shot, we're both going to answer the question. And then if both of us make the shot, we're also going to answer the yeah. question. So. Uh, but I hope that you uh, enjoy the thing, and we'll see how it goes. So, a couple of them are numbered, mostly because I want those questions to get out. So, uh, you want to start? We can rock, paper, scissors. It's going to be a death match, so rock, paper, scissors, shoot. All right, ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. You want to shoot first or second? I'll shoot second. From half court, first shot. Do we have a rule? Yeah, we have to shoot. Or is it kind of... Touch the line, it doesn't matter. Question one, what brought you to community and how long have you been going here? I missed first, so I guess I can answer first. I've been coming to community uh, since middle school, on and off a little bit. Um, Scott's son, Jake, actually invited me here when I was a student in middle school. Went through all throughout high school, enjoyed 
it a lot. Um, went to college at Cincinnati Christian University, uh, visited some other places during then, worked at another place uh, for a couple of years after that, and then I found my way back here as the student pastor. So I've been here working as the student pastor for about two years now. We, we were looking for churches after moving from Ross, and uh, we did on, a lot of online like churches, and then we decided it's probably be best. And I think it's been about two years now, but um, been going here for a little bit. It's pretty fun. Good morning. This, uh, this video is pretty embarrassing for me. Uh, basketball is not my strong suit. It's never been my strong suit. I'm left-handed, and when they try to teach left-handed people things, they often teach them right-handed because there aren't enough left-handed people to teach us how to do things. So uh, I, I've just never been good at basketball. But I've known Ethan for a long time, and he's been schooling me in basketball for a long time, so it felt right to let him school me one more time uh, for this video. But like Shelly said... We are going to catch you guys up on a series that we've been walking through with our students called Garden City. Now, if that title sounds familiar, that's because we based this series on a book also called Garden City. Uh, so if you want to check that out, feel free to. Uh, we're going to hit on some of the points that that book explores. Uh, but before we get into the deeper topics inside of the message for today, we need to catch you up on what the Garden City term is about, right? So uh, we're going to read a passage that is probably pretty familiar to you guys. We're going to be looking at Genesis 1, 26 through 31. And it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God made man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant-yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. Then you, should ha you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. And God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Now that's a pretty cool passage just by itself, but did you catch the words that are used there? Subdue, dominion. These are huge, huge words. Uh, our first task is humanity was to subdue the earth, have dominion over the fish, the birds, and every living thing that moves on the earth. Not only were we made in God's image, but we were also tasked with caring for and ruling over his creation with him. Those are huge, hefty goals, right? Now, if you're familiar with this part of the Bible, you know what comes next, and the next place we go is the garden, 
right? And so we're placed into this land that is brimming with life and potential and really cool stuff, and we are told to work and keep it. That is what it means to be human, to work, keep, subdue, and rule over God's creation for him. Now, I'm sure all of you are aware what happens next in this story when we try to decide, we decide to do all of those things, but we do it our way, right, instead of the way that God set out for us, and it kind of breaks things, right, Uh, us and his creation. I'm sure you're also aware of the rest of the Bible and how its story is about God restoring us back to a place where we can walk alongside him without shame feeling his presence with us every day, getting back to that, right? But there is something really cool at the end of the Bible. In Revelation 21 and 22, we get to see the image that John saw of how God did this. Do you know what he saw? Do you know what that image was? Let's read it. Revelation 21, 9 through 14 says, then came uh, one of the seven angels who had seven bowls full of the seven last plagues and spoke to me saying, come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city of Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with 12 gates, and at the 12 gates, 12 angels, and on the gates, the names of the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed on the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the 12 names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Now, John goes on to describe how awesome this city is. He tells us about all the cool things about it, how beautiful it is, how grand it is, all of that. But then a really cool thing gets described in Revelation 22, verses 1 through 5. And it says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also, on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light, no or lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. Do you see the connection here yet? The image that John sees on how God restores us and his creation isn't simply by taking us where we're at and then placing us back into the garden that we read about in the beginning of the Bible in Genesis verses. Something changed in where he brought us to. Did you see it? A new city. And at the heart of that city a garden. God didn't just put us in the garden so that we could maintain the status quo. God put us in the garden, put us in charge of his creation so that we could create something amazing alongside him. That is the idea of a garden city, what God's kingdom is at its heart. 
the thing that we were built to work towards, a garden city where we make something amazing out of what God gave us. As we watch this next clip, I want you to think about what that would look like for you. What, when you imagine it, what would a garden city look like? Next question is, what color is your toothbrush? My toothbrush, I just found out this morning, was green and white. I had originally thought that it was pink and white, but I did actually, for some reason, check this morning. It was green. The dog's toothbrush. Yeah, full time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, my toothbrush is white, and I think it's like gold. So it's pretty good. All right, so the question is, what do you imagine when I say Garden City? Um, we were asked this in church, and I think Hannah did a good job. She kind of hit, she made us close our eyes and think of like grass and sunshine and just green stuff everywhere. So that really, whenever I hear Garden City is what I think about, just like a lot of sunshine, very nature-ish. Like relaxing yeah. and like perfect temperature. So, just a happy place. Very comfortable. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say something similar for me. Um, I, again, nerdy. Um, imagine the Shire from The Hobbit or from Lord of the Rings, that like overgrown, beautiful kind of town, very homey vibe. Um, but also like people talking to each other, interacting, hanging out, that, that friendly kind of side of things. So. And put the nerd in. I had to. <laughs> had to. <laughs> So if God's goal is for us to build something out of this awesome creation that he has to make this garden city, the question you probably have is, how do we go about doing that? Does that mean that everybody should just stop what they're doing, all go to seminary school, learn how to be pastors, and everybody works at the church? And the answer to that is no. He doesn't want everybody to just stop what they're doing, because keep in mind, a city only becomes a city when you have the vast variety of people and the jobs that are working in it. You're not going to be able to build a building if you don't have the people who are actually building it. 
You're not going to be able to go get fast food or sit down in a restaurant unless you have those people who are cooking and serving it. You have to have the different types of jobs and the different types of people for you to be able to make this kind of garden city. And, and this isn't just some like idea that we came up for this nice message for grad study or anything. Like it even goes back to when Jesus was calling his disciples. He knew that he wanted to build this garden city and he was going to pick the people to do it. And did he go and pick the most educated, the most trustworthy rabbis? Nope. He went and he picked the average people doing average jobs. He didn't go out and find, hey, you know the most about this and you know the most about this, so I'm going to have you guys come and follow me. He went and he purposely chose the people already in the jobs that they were doing. If we look in Matthew, when he goes to call Simon and Andrew, he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He didn't go in and said, hey, I know you guys are fishermen, and, you know, I want you to quit doing that because I want you to come over here and I want you to help me. He didn't do that. He said, I already know that you know how to fish. You're a fisherman. So I want you to use that job to come and help me make this garden city. And it applies to everything that we kind of do. I mean, for some of us, if it says, hey, you're a teacher, that is your talent. Well, I'm going to help you figure out how you can teach other people about me. Maybe you are a server. Maybe you serve coffee to people or you work at a restaurant or a fast food and says, you know what, that's what you're doing right now, but I'm going to help you figure out how you can show other people about me. It doesn't matter what job or position that you're in. He says you're going to have a dual purpose. And that's kind of one of the things that this garden city is. We have our talents and we have our passions. And he says, I don't want you to change that. I want you to keep that. But in doing so, I also want you to teach other people about me. I want you to build this garden city. And the list can go on and on. It doesn't matter what the job is, doctors, paraprofessionals, whatever it is, even the janitors and custodians, which I love in the school, they're the hardest people working. He says, I'm going to take that, and I am going to help you further my kingdom. As we watch this next clip, I want you to think about as a church, and even as individuals, what is it that we need to do to grow closer to this garden city? Next question, creamy or chunky peanut butter? Um, creamy peanut butter, of course. Um, chunky, I feel like, just like adds a texture that I'm not ready for in a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. There are some things that I would be okay with chunky peanut butter, but it's probably just on like celery sticks. That might sound weird, but. Chunky peanut butter on celery sticks? Yeah. I can get that. You already got a crunch. Right, yeah. Just um, adds to it. Mine's definitely gotta be creamy. Uh, I don't do chunky. I won't ever do chunky. <laughs> so that's just my personal opinion. Love it. Yep. Next. 
All right, so nice question. How do we, as a as the church, move closer to a garden city? Um, I feel like the more people we have, the closer we are to like getting everyone together, which was the main goal of church in my eyes, where like one, everyone is one. So garden city, like a nature city, so like everyone's peaceful. So I feel like the more we grow up that way, bring people in, the closer we get to that. And it's just good having new people come. Yeah. Meet more people. Yeah, I think people's, I think you're hitting it. I think people's huge. Um, making sure that everybody's invited into the space and that there's a place for them there. Uh, because when we do that, we start to build up things that we wouldn't be able to build without all of those people. And I think that's a big part of what the Garden City is uh, and what God's kingdom is, is all of us coming together to build something that we couldn't without each other. So. How about that shot? Yeah. Absolutely. Those, those happen once a year, I promise. So um, <laughs> I know that sometimes it can be difficult to figure out what it means to have this dual calling, right? How, how can I help show people who God is when I work in a kitchen all day? Uh, or how can I help show people who God is if I'm in a server closet checking different jacks and stuff like that all day? Or if I'm at a construction site or whatever the thing is, how do we do that, right? These are great questions, and these are questions that we should be asking. You see, Christianity has a unique God. There are a lot of things that make our God unique, but one of the coolest, I think, is that he's an invisible God. Have you thought about that before? He's an invisible God. Uh, and what I mean by this is that we don't really have idols to represent what God looks like, right? Maybe we use the cross, or we use Jesus, or some Renaissance paintings, or figures like Morgan Freeman to help us imagine <laughs> what, what uh, God might look like or who he might be. But aside from that, we don't really have a lot to go on. But do you remember what we read in Genesis 1:26? If you don't, we're going to read it again. Let's see. It says, God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now, there's a hidden command in that verse, and you might miss it if you're not paying attention. That word for image, there's a Hebrew, that's a Hebrew word, right? Uh, and the Hebrew word for that is selim. And what that word means, it's used in 2 Kings later uh, in the Bible, but that is a word that's used in 2 Kings for an idol of another god called Baal. Uh, and so that is kind of like this crux in this verse, is that we are God's image bearers. Let that sink in for a second. We are God's image bearers. Not only that, but as Christians, we're given the Holy Spirit as well, right? And so we, we aren't just his image bearers, but we carry him with us wherever we go. We are the things that make the invisible God visible. 
Our actions, what we say, how we live, how we treat others, all of those things should reflect a part of God's image back into the world. So, how do we show the, God, the world who God is? First and foremost, as Jesus commanded that we do, uh, we love God with everything. And then we love the people around us like we love ourselves, right? But then after that, we should be subduing and ruling over the world around us for God. I want you to think for a second and close your eyes with me, and I want you to imagine the best food that you have ever tasted. Think about its smell, the, the atmosphere, the aroma, the feeling that you felt when you first tried it, right? And you can open your eyes, but that thing is probably a good memory or a good feeling or there's cool things attached to that, right? There are a lot of amazing things in our world that are like that that wouldn't happen without people behind them trying to do them. It takes a really good baker or a chef or whatever to make your favorite dish, right? Or maybe it's the environment or the, or the people or the memories or the stories behind it as well, but even those don't exist without the people behind it. All the other cool things that we've experienced, if you really love a song or a movie or things like that, it took a lot of people to put those things together, and without those people, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have that, right? And so if we are doing that, trying to do our dual calling, our talents, things like that, to the fullest, to the best, where we can create amazing things and share it with the people around us, but we're not just doing that, we're tempering that through a severe love for God and for the people around us, then I think that is when we start making the invisible God visible. And so as we watch this clip, I want us to think about how we are able to make the invisible God visible. How have you experienced God in your life? Uh, or how have you shown people who God is? Alright, so question is favorite church memory. Um, mine was last year when we went on our canoeing trip. I had Gage in front of me, I was in the middle, Aaron in the back. Even just starting we were already tilted, so it's quite the thing. And then every time Gage paddled, I got splashed and we just got filled up and we sank and I got stuck. So it was pretty funny trying to get out and then we were all laughing because couldn't get our canoe back up and some random dude off the short game now for us. So. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. For me, uh, at least in recent history, um, in January we do a snow tubing event. We go up to Perfect North, do some snow tubing. And this year, it was pretty icy and we were there at the, oh, <laughs> we were there at the, we were there at the end of the night, and so everything, all the hills were just absolutely packed. 
it was essentially just going down on ice kind of thing. And we had finally gotten everybody together to make two groups of 14. Um, and so if you don't know, you get onto a tube kind of thing and you can make like these trains essentially where you hold on to other people's tubes and you go down together. Usually let you go a little faster. The whole night we had been trying to hit the back wall when you come off these hills and we couldn't do it so we kept trying to get more and more people to go with us. We get up to 14 of us and we fly down this hill and we smack into the like sandbags at the end of the hill with such force that like our, our tubes flipped and there were people in the air, people got, got knocked crushed. off the stuff. Yeah, Ethan got crushed. Um, it, it was wild. And then the other half of our group with another 14 people come flying down the hill and the exact same thing happens where people are flying up in the Back air. Backflip happened on the second one. Yeah, my life, my life flashed before my eyes. Um, and oh I definitely <laughs> definitely was worried, uh, but it turned out okay. So that was, a, that was an exciting, exciting experience for sure. This one's fun. What does it mean to make the invisible God visible? Um, I, I've been, I've grown up on like, no matter where you are, God's always with you. So even though you can't see him, he's always there. So like, if you know he's there, then he is visible in your eyes. Hmm. So I feel like that's something that's go along with that. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely who we are. Um, what we're doing, how we're treating the people around us. All of those things, I think, can show people who, who God is and in turn make this invisible God visible. We know what Tur um, Curtis's talents are not, <laughs> just saying. But as we kind of wrap up this morning, um, I kind of want you guys to kind of think about um, what we talked about this morning. Um, this challenge and this blessing that we have to build this garden city. And this is great not only for our grads that are going out and moving on to bigger and better things, but here for us as, as a church, that as we go out into the world and we're pursuing our passions and we're doing our jobs, that we're thinking about the things that we talked about, that we have this dual calling, that we have our job down here on earth, that we can do each of our different things, but in the same time, we're teaching other people about God, that we're building this garden city. 
and that we are using our talents, our gifts, our personalities, each of us individually, but together it's building this community. And that's what we do kind of in the student ministry. You heard them talk about the canoe trips and stuff. We build this hoping that as these graduates go on, they have that foundation so that way they can continue building that garden city. I mean, that's that ultimate goal of that we're all up in God's kingdom. So this morning we have kind of a video to kind of um, celebrate our grads. And if you are a graduating senior, if you can make your way up onto the stage as the video is playing, um, that would be great. And smile cause it's been a while it's been like a whole day since I stopped so you could hold me but this child awaits strong in the faith Lord you are the refuge that I can't wait to get to cause I can't let a day go can't let a day go by without thanking you for the joy that you bring to my life and Seems to rain all my dreams. It's not a big, not a big deal. Let it wash all the bugs off my windshield. Cause you're showing me in you I'm free. And you're still the refuge that I've just got to get to. So I won't let a day go. Won't let a day go by. So put the drop top down, turn it up. I'm ready to fly. Grads, congratulations. Very proud of you guys. Uh, we do have a gift is, is the church. We try to send them off with some adult things, right? So you're going to get a nice trash can for the most important things in life. We've also got some, some laundry pods that you can use to try and start doing your own laundry if you don't already. Uh, we've got some candy and stuff in here. And then uh, the cool thing, I think, is that uh, we've had these Bibles out in the lobby for the last couple of weeks. And then the adults uh, in this room have been highlighting verses that they uh, want to encourage you guys with. And so all of you will get a Bible that's been touched by all of these people, um, which I think is pretty special. But uh, we do this just as a small token of a congratulations. We know that it is hard work to get to where you're at. Um, but we are very excited to see what you guys do moving forward, and we want you to know that we are fully behind you. Um, so as a church, uh, we're just going to pray for them real quick, and then uh, if you want to come congratulate them, please do when you see them today, uh, but let's pray. God, thank you for today and for these graduates. Uh, thank you for the perseverance it took them to get to where they are now. And I just pray that you continue to be with them as they begin to take their next steps, and I pray that you help them figure out that dual calling, and that you help guide them toward uh, being awesome builders of your garden city, and that they would be amazing image bearers of you 
uh, and in turn make you visible to the people around them. We love you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Cool. So please make sure you congratulate our grads before you head out. And then uh, if you are available, as a reminder, we are meeting in the comm for our gathering right after this. So we would love to see you over there. But we hope you have a great week.